What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Tom Butler. And I'm Brendan Duffy. You're listening to the James Bond A to Z podcast. Join us on this journey of discovery across the world of the 007 movies as we take an encyclopedic look at cinema's greatest spy films. We'll learn about the people who made them in front of the camera and behind, from Ken Adam to Max Zorin, with the occasional detour down a few rabbit holes. And we'll sometimes be joined by guests with unique insight into the world of Bond. This podcast is in no way affiliated with the James Bond brand, E.ON, or the Fleming Estate. We do our best to make sure the information is accurate, but sometimes we do get it wrong. If you want to correct us on something, or add some more detail, email us on podcast at jamesbond.co.uk. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the James Bond A to Z podcast where we continue our safari through the letter S. My name is Tom Butler and joining me as we tackle the many Bond characters that fall under the letter S is the shrewd and singular Mr. Brendan Duffy. Hello. <laughs> so on this episode we're going to be taking a slightly different tack to what we usually do so apologies if, if this is the very first episode of the James Bond A to Z podcast that you've listened to. This is not representative of our usual shtick so um yeah if this is the first episode you're joining at s part two then uh why what are you playing at what are you playing (laughs) at um go back and start with a different one there's lots there to choose from maybe not this one but i'm sure people who are with us uh will enjoy this episode nonetheless yeah please do stay with us (laughs) please stay with us on this on the episode prior to this one we talked about skyfall and the one before that we talked about all the creatives whose names fall under the letter S. So on this one, it's just characters. And um, we have a ton of characters to get through on this episode. Back in the day, we would have spent four or five weeks going through all these, but uh, Mm -hmm. we found that we're just repeating ourselves a little bit too much. So we've changed things slightly. A lot of these characters will, will have covered in our film special episodes. So... On this episode, we will be tackling the characters that fall under the letter S with a game of Bond character top trumps. 
I don't know if we can use the name Top Trumps, but that's the uh, that's the inspiration. <laughs> so Brendan and I have been served up a selection of Bond villains, allies, henchmen, and women. We've each got a card uh, with their plot, the actor who plays them, and a behind-the-scenes story to illustrate who they are. And so we're going to go head-to-head, matching character to character, and we'll pick each pick a we'll pick a winner for each round. Does that make sense at all? Have I explained it well, Brendan? I mean, it makes sense to me. That's fingers crossed. Uh, and are you feeling confident? You got a good hand there. I was looking at it and I was thinking, I have got a good hand, but then I saw your hand. So <laughs> that's cheating slightly looking at my hand, but I'll let you <laughs> off this time. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with a, a villain, an henchman, and wim- oh, one of the women, or some allies? Let's have an ally, shall we? Oh, who have you got? I'm going to go for Saunders. Oh, yes. an all-timer. One of the all-timers. <laughs> Saunders from The Living Daylights, played by, so this is the first category, the actor. And, and surely this is where I think I've got a home run, right? <laughs> go on. The actor, Thomas Wheatley. Ah, the name of our erstwhile third host. Yes. So he, he was, uh, he's an English actor. And probably he is probably best known for The Living Daylights. He's he's done every British TV show under the sun that you could name. So yeah, are we are we going back and forth? Are you going to pick yours now and with an actor? Well, well, let's start. I mean, you've got Saunders, Living Daylights, one of the all time great allies, plays opposite Timothy Dalton in in Living Daylights. I love their relationship. There, it's only plays out over a handful of scenes, doesn't it? Mm. But. Yeah. Um, the way he sort of introduced as sort of an almost an antagonist for Bond. Um, he's obviously his ally, but he's also sort of, you know, they have to learn to work together. Yeah. Um, he's very by the book, isn't he? Yes, exactly. And as someone on our anniversary special, which we'll, go, which we'll hear said, is, is that the beauty of this relationship is um, that... Bond is that when you need someone to pull a trigger, Bond gets called in to do it, right? Saunders isn't going to do it. He's head of Section V, Vienna. Section V, Vienna, yeah. They don't get him to do it. They get Bond to come in and do it. And I think that's a beautiful dynamic that we see uh, between the two of them. Now, let's understand one another, Bond. General Koskoff is a top KGB mastermind. His defection is my baby. He contacted me. I've planned this out to the last detail. You'll want the soft-nosed ones, I expect. No, they're steel-tipped. KGB snipers usually wear body armor. What's your escape route? Sorry, old man. Section 26, paragraph 5. That information is on a need-to-know basis only. I'm sure you understand. Koskoff is under intensive KGB surveillance. A sniper has been assigned to watch him, and he expressly asked for you to protect him. So... Um, actor, you've got Thomas Wheatley. My card is Sharky from Licence to Kill. Ooh. I know, it's a good one, isn't it? So it's from, another I, good one, yeah. And, yeah. and from from the Dalton era as well. Another one from the Dalton era, yeah. Mm. So from the movie uh, Licence to Kill, played by American actor Frank McRae. Now, I think this slightly trumps yours in terms of the actor because he's also known for Red Dawn, 48 Hours, mm-hmm. Last Action Heroes, but Last Action Hero, Batteries Not Included, and Rocky 2. So I think slightly edges 
Yeah, I would say so. Uh, over Tom Wheatling. Um, but in terms of the movie plot, you, I mean, I've sort of spoiled your movie plot for, for Saunders. Yeah. How would you... I mean, I, I've got Sharky's here, but do you want to characterise what what we know about Sharky? Um, so he's part of the um, the wedding party at the... From the beginning, isn't he? You know, yeah, the opening, right from the start. Scene. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's he's a he's a really good character, you know. And it, it's good how they've done the friendship. It feels like a real friendship. Yeah, and by it casting, like it's got history. Yeah, and by casting a sort of character, sort of down to earth character actor like Frank McRae, yeah. you know, he's not like he's not got matinee idol looks. I mean, he's like an interesting looking character, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it sort of grounds it in a bit of reality there. But that that relationship, uh, it means that when it comes to the time of his death, you're actually affected by it. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And it gives Bond another reason to uh, get his revenge. Yeah, it's like a double whammy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Hey, Sharky! Any news on the Wavecrest? Yeah, she's a big marine research vessel owned by a Milton Crest. They're collecting specimens off the K-Sale Bank. How long will it take us to get there? Maybe about six hours. I have a few things to pick up. Be ready in an hour. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, Saunders to 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 Sharky, I think that's a, that's a pretty fair match, don't you think? Yeah, it's quite difficult, isn't it? Um, yeah. What I liked about, because going back to Saunders, what I liked about him is, from the from the start, you're a bit like, oh, who is this stuck up guy? Mm. And then you warm to him, and by the time you warm to him, the balloons go up, and that's it. He's yeah. gone, isn't he? And he goes gone. to the fun fair, and he's gone. And he gets a great death scene, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, yeah. They both get great death scenes. That's the that's the thing. That's the thing. I think we have to call that one a draw. But what about behind the scenes stories? You got any behind the scenes stories for Thomas Wheatley and Saunders? The the, the only interesting nugget I could get really was in the scene at the opera. Sitting next to Saunders is Michael G. Wilson. Ugh. Yeah, classic. Classic. <laughs> classic Michael G. cameo. Um, I don't have much for, for Sharky. We did cover Sharky at length in uh, License to Kill, but um, all I've got is in the early drafts of the scripts, Sharky was called Jericho. Ooh. Which, uh, I mean, actually thinking about it, changing it to Sharky was cut a little bit on the nose, wasn't it? Yeah. It was. Considering what <laughs> <laughs> All right, so who do you think who do you think should come out on top of this uh, pair up? I mean, how can we not let Michael G. Wilson win that one? Yeah, I think so. I'm gonna say on this entire Allies matchup, I think you win. I think Saunders. Yeah. I think Saunders is the more impactful, more memorable one. So I'm gonna chalk chalk that up as a victory for you. Right, let's move on. I'm going to choose a, one of the Bond women. Okay. And on my card, I have Severine from Skyfall, played by Berenice Marlowe. Who have you got? I've got uh, Lucia Sciarra, played by Monica Bellucci from Spectre. Oh, I think I'm onto a loser here already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you've lost the actor one. Well, I mean, we covered Berenice Marlowe on our previous episode. Uh, she didn't have a huge, hasn't got a huge career beyond Bond. Yeah. Um, I think her biggest film was that Terence Malick one. So in terms of her stature as an actor, she's not the A-Leagues, but you've got Monica Bellucci. Monica Bellucci, Italian actress, model, 
Um, she was also the she made history by being the oldest Bond girl at fifty. So yeah, I think that's a I think that's definitely a point in your favour. In terms of her plot, though, what's her plot? So she's the uh, wife of Spectre agent Marco Schiara, and um, yeah, she, she, it's one of those where it's similar, actually similar to Severine, in the in the sense that you don't know wh- who which side she's on. She's mm. out. The, the main the motive is to out for herself, isn't it? You mm. know, make sure she's safe. Mm. Um, because it's, it's Ciara is the guy that is killed by Bond at the start, isn't it? And then yeah. he goes to her his funeral, follows the wife back to their villa, mm-hmm. seduces her. Severine, it, it's not much better to be honest. She's someone who is working with Silver. Um, she's been in the sex trade. Um, it's quite a grim story for her. Mm. She helps Bond to get to Silver, and then then she gets killed. Yeah, by... rewarded with with her death. Great. Yeah, another one that dies. Um, very, uh, yeah, poor show uh, for that one. Um, you got a behind-the-scenes story, though? Uh, yeah, so she did an interview with the Sunday Times, and she said that when she met Sam Mendes to discuss the part, she said, I'm not a girl, I'm a woman, I'm a mature woman. Do I have to replace Judy Dench? <laughs> so she, she thought she was being called in to become the new M. But Mendes wow. uh, said, no, for the first time in history, James Bond is going to have a story with a mature woman. The concept is revolutionary. Hmm. So there we go. You killed him, didn't you? My husband. He was an assassin. Trust me, he won't take it personally. You signed my death warrant. I was respected. Loyal to a man you hated. He trusted my silence. With him gone, I'm a dead woman. I can trust nobody. Another feeling well. Well, I can tell you that I don't trust you. Well, then you have impeccable instincts. If you don't leave now, we'll die together. And she was also considered to play Paris Carver, wasn't she, in uh, Tomorrow Never Dies? She was indeed, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, my behind the scenes story, we covered this last week, is just that she basically got herself, uh, Berenice Marlowe got herself the audition for Skyfall because her agent was rubbish, sent her tape to the casting agent um, in Paris and uh, got herself uh, an audition. And after three three auditions was in the film. So um, I think, I mean, I'm not going to argue with you, Brendan. I think that's another one, another win for you. Do you think it's a, a clean sweep win for... Monica Bellucci. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. And this is no uh, um, reflection on Berenice Marlowe. I'm sure she's a lovely person, but uh, not the most memorable. Uh, let's be honest. Where do you want to go next? Let's have a henchman, shall oh, we? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, I've got, I've got Stamper. Stamper? From Tomorrow Never Dies. I'm not... Sure, I can remember Stamper off the top of my head. He's got blonde hair. He's like the main muscly henchman. Oh, oh, he just stares and looks angry, doesn't he? Yeah, he's quite good. He's in it quite a lot, I thought. He is, yeah. <laughs> Can't even remember him, can you? Wow. Who have well, you got? I've got, I've got Scorpion Guard <laughs> from the Dine of the Day pre uh, titles, basically. The torture scraping, scene. Scraping the barrel here, aren't you? Um, I, I really am. And I could only get minimal uh, detail about this. So, um, Have you got an actor? 
I've got an actor, Salia. Okay. Yeah. Uh, She's done three other films that I've never heard of. Oh, okay. Before this. Right, okay. Uh, Three credited, anyway. Um, So, yeah, that's very minimal. What about yours? I've got the German actor Gertz Otto, and he has, uh, beyond playing um, Stamper, also appeared in Downfall the Adolf Hitler bunker movie and Iron Sky, the Nazi robots on the moon movie. Mm. I don't know if you remember that one. So I think he slightly edges uh, Scorpion Guard in that respect. And in terms of plot, I mean, I've sort of hinted at it. He is Elliot Carver's murderous assistant and Mm. Bond kills him. Um, He's like strapped to a rocket engine on the boat, isn't he? Yeah. Um, Bond sort of... uh, yeah, he gets he gets exploded by Bond. Scorpion Guard, do we know what fa- what happens to her? Well, it's just in the torture scene. Right. So obviously throughout that whole uh the song at the beginning, they're trying to extract information from Bond. So they um they keep stinging him with uh with the, the scorpion sting, par- Parabuthus, and using Death Stalker scorpions. Ooh. Um, and then they keep giving him the anti-serum as well, don't they? So it's like that total abuse. Um, yeah. In what is a fantastic scene, really. You know, if you take away the song. The torture the, song. The, the <laughs> torture song, yeah. We have to be tortured as well. But the, um, yeah, I think it's really effective because, you know, telling a story while while the credits are coming up. I mean, why not? Yeah, I think she is memorable, actually. Um and the reason we've got her here is because she's in the James Bond encyclopedia. So <laughs> that's how she ended up. Um, I think for, for Stamper, I think for, you've obviously forgotten him, but I think he's quite a de- he's a decent um, sort of mid-tier henchman. He's blonde. He's tall. He's menacing. And my behind the scenes story for Stamper is that the actor, I didn't notice this, but he wore different colored contact lenses to give his eyes different colors. And mm. there is, he, apparently he shot a scene um, where you know at the start of the film where there's a sunk a boat that sinks and Stamper um, and Carver says there were no survivors. You actually see Stamper killing the survivors in the ocean, uh, but that was deleted. Ah. And he said he was singing a German lullaby while doing it, which sounds quite menacing, actually. That does. That is yeah. haunting. Yeah. Did you find any behind the scenes stories for the Scorpion? Sur- surprisingly, I did. Uh, and it, it is that she. Well, it's sort of. She was also in Tomorrow Never Dies. She was uncredited, but she was uh, an underwater double for Michelle uh, Yao. Oh, that's a great story. I did not know that. So there you go. Oh, the things you learn. And uh, I could be completely wrong, but did they shoot those underwater scenes in the Bahamas? Yeah. Because of the blue seas. Yeah. Well, where do you stand? Who do you think wins that one? Um... It's difficult, isn't it? Because mine's not actually from Dino Day or from the behind the scenes of of that scene. Yeah. So I'm going to have to give it to Stamper, I think. I, I think Stamper wins that one. Yeah. yeah. So we're 2-1 we're at this stage. Two, where, where should we go next? Should we do a villain next? Surely it's time for a villain. Surely. Surely. Who's your, who have you got? I have got Safin. Oh. <laughs> Straight in there. Yes. Sorry if I surprised you. No, I like surprises. 
You're very attractive for a psychotherapist. Must be dangerous for your clients. They are usually more of a danger to themselves. Foxgloves. Beautiful. Did you choose them? Yes. I found them friendly. You know, if you eat them, they can cause your heart to just... Stop. So, Safin, played by uh, Rami Malek in No Time to Die. Um, so, Rami Malek, he's probably best known for two other roles, I would say. Mr. Robot, played that for... Um, from 2015 to 2019 and he did receive awards this is this is probably where i'm gonna really hammer down on on, on awards to try and win this one <laughs> he won the emmy award um and then he also played freddie mercury in bohemian rhapsody in 2018 of course and he, he won did. and he won an academy award Glo- golden globe a screen actors guild award and a bafta for best actor so i'm really leaning heavily into that absolutely absolutely um I mean, it was a massive, actually a massive result for No Time to Die to get uh, Rami Malek for mm. No Time to Die at that specific moment of his career. Because was he, I think they, I think he won the Oscar um, or he was getting all the acclaim and then was signed to do Bond and then, and then won yeah. the Oscar. So he went on to it as an Oscar winner. Um, so my card is the character Franz Sanchez from License to Kill, played by Robert Darvey. Robert Darvey, in terms of an actor, also known for The Goonies, Die Hard, Predator 2, Showgirls, and also being a right-wing radio host and the director of a movie called My Son Hunter. So uh, let's move on. Let's move on. That was an easy win for me. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think I might have the next section tied up. Yeah, what, what's, what's your plot? Well, movie plot. Uh, Sanchez is a drug baron and he gets captured by Bond but then is freed and he murders Felix Leiter's wife maims Felix and his plan is basically to take over the drug world and his, the final bit is he's basically trying to he's going to smuggle huge quantities of cocaine into America dissolved in gasoline and he gets it meets a very grisly end at the hands of a very angry Timothy Dalton's Bond you could have had everything don't you want to know why So that's that's Sanchez's plot, which uh, I think is one of the great villain plots, to be honest. Absolutely, yeah. For mine, I've just got a question mark. <laughs> Don't know. If anyone wants to enlighten us, email us. Oh come on, you can do better than that. <laughs> okay. Do you do you know his motive? Well, he his parents were murdered by Mister White. Yes. So then he then takes revenge by killing Mr. White's wife. Yeah. 
and nearly killing his daughter, who he saves but falls in love with. Yes. Then, um, <laughs> then he wants to take revenge on Spectre. Yeah. And he steals a bioweapon. Um, which, it's where things get a bit cloudy here, I think. Does he, he turns it into a weapon that he wants to sell to, sell to highest bidders, but also he's about to launch it into rockets. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, yeah. to be honest, I'm not really sure. And he no. kidnaps Bond's daughter at one point. So. Yeah. And then, then loses interest and just drops her. Yeah. Um, also, have you got any idea how old this character would be? Anywhere between the age of 30 and 60, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think you've won it. I think I've won it. But what about the behind-the-scenes story? Do you have any from... Just about the uh, the look that they right. gave him. Yeah. So they um, they used Game of Thrones uh, prosthetic supervisor Barry Gower, who had won an Emmy for his work, right, to create the look of uh, of the character. And uh, Rami Malek said, it's not the typical Savile Row Bond villain that we're used to. And uh, it clearly worked because uh, they did all the scarring uh, on Malek's face. And then they introduced him to Daniel Craig in character. And uh, he said, I think I met Daniel for the first time with the makeup on. And he took a step back from me. That was a good sign. So there you go. That's good. Another scarred villain, though. It's uh, kind of getting a bit of a tired trope, isn't it? Yes, it is, yeah. Um, Behind-the-scenes story for um, Robert Darvey on Licence to Kill. He actually met people who had had real-life dealings with Pablo Escobar to research the role of playing the drug baron. And he also knew Cubby Broccoli before they um, worked together on Bond, and he had had lunch with Cubby and Frank Sinatra, and that they said when he joined the film, that the name Franz Sanchez was a tribute to Frank Sinatra, as they had the same initials. So that's my uh, that's my behind the scenes. And also, didn't he get the script translated? Yes, into Spanish, to learn it into Spanish. That's right, that's right. Yeah. Um, where, do, where do we stand here? I don't know. I just don't know who, who comes out on top between Safin and Sanchez. Well, I think Sanchez comes out on top overall. Oh, okay. But, I mean, the actor. I know, but take the actor away. Okay, all right. Okay, so it's two all then. Where should we go next? Coffee? Medium sweet. Two medium sweet. Thanks for listening. We hope you're enjoying the James Bond A to Z podcast. Remember, if you want to support the show, we have a coffee page at ko-fi.com forward slash James Bond A to Z, where you can buy us a coffee for just £3 or for £3 a month. Thanks for listening. Back to the show. Is that all it does? Show another henchman. Yeah, let's do... I think these are the only other henchmen. Uh, yeah. Yeah, these are. That's right. On my card, I've got Sandor from the Spy Who Loved Me. Who do you have? I've got Baron Samadhi. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think this is such an open goal victory for you? Absolute cult icon, um, right. <laughs> and is just such a great character. Just so visually interesting. Um, 
and and you know the uncertainty of his death um just the, the his his ongoings with the voodoo occult it's yeah it's fascinating yeah i mean he's one of the i mean it's kind of a bit of a disservice almost to call him a henchman isn't it because mm. he's much more than that i mean i guess the main villain in live and let die is mr big kananga yeah but baron samadhi is such an all-pervasive sort of character in the movie um uh, Jeffrey Holder, though, what what else? So Jeffrey Holder, him? he was um, from Trinidad. Um, he was a dancer, musician, and artist. And we did talk about this on the Living That Die episode that he was um, he was actually a dancer for the Metropolitan Opera Ballet before he moved on to films in the late fifties. Um, so yeah, I mean, he had a very very rich career, very varied as well. Was he an Annie? Uh, I've put you on the spot there. You have put me on the spot. I, I know that he narrated Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Charlie, <laughs> and the Cho- Charlie, Cho- Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Is that right? What, the, the Johnny Depp movie? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Well, I Google what else Jeffrey Holder was in. Why don't you tell us about his plot, Baron Samadhi? Um, so he is, essentially, he's Kananga's uh, henchman uh, who is at hand to... It's it's hard because he's he's one of them. I don't know whether he is good or bad. I think it's it's a blurred line. To be fair, I think he he speaks to our higher power. Yeah, I mean he's definitely that. That's why he's working for Kananga, isn't it? To harness the to power. To utilize of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so he is. He plays Punjab in Annie. Okay. There you and go. that was a that was a movie we watched a lot as kids, so um, I was a big fan of that one. Um, yeah, what is it any more on his plot, or is that? Uh... Well, I mean, he we don't know if he dies uh, or not because he's killed. He's killed twice in the film, isn't he? Well, he gets pushed into the snakes, doesn't he? Yeah, and there is another death. Oh, he gets he gets shot, doesn't he? Shot to pieces, but you don't yeah. know. Yeah. And then he turns um, up again at the end. Yeah. Turns up again and he finishes on the back of the train, laughing. <laughs> well, I've got, like I said, Sandor from The Spy Love Me, played by Milton Reed, and he was an Indian born uh, actor, a British actor, who was also a professional wrestler, and he wrestled in England under the name of the Mighty Chang. Um, he's quite distinct because he's quite a round-looking fellow. Mm. Um, looks like a wrestler. Yeah. And he's Stromberg. He works for Stromberg, basically. But he's the guy that gets dropped off the building by Roger Moore's Bond when he's holding the tie. So he gets a memorable death, but he only gets one. <laughs> on <light. laughs> so he loses on deaths. <laughs> he loses on deaths. Uh, but I've got some good trivia for Milton Reed. Yeah. So he has appeared in three James Bond films. He's in Doctor No, and he plays a guard. He's also a temple guard in Casino Royale 67, as well as The Spy Who Loved Me. So there you ah. go. And there's also that great story about him wrestling uh, Harold Scott to play the role of Odd Job as well. Yes. We talked about that one before. So uh, Yeah. Um, so Jeffrey Holder, he um, we talked about his choreography. So he was the official choreographer on, the, on Live and Let Die. And uh, he was actually in charge of auditioning and selecting the dancers uh, in Kingston, um, where they were shooting. 
and he arranged the San Monique dance sequences, the iconic opening scene that we see um, with the funeral. There we go. I mean, he's one of those characters that pops up throughout the history of Bond, isn't he? In terms mm. of like, if you're going to put a villain on a, on a book cover or on a uh, montage video, he's there along with odd job. So yeah. I think this is definitely a, uh, an easy win for, for you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Baron Salmon, he's also a character outside of Bond, isn't he? Like he, he, he goes far and wide and that's right. Influences many characters. That's right. Right. Shall we return to the women? A woman. Who do you want to go with? Uh, Natalia Simonova. Oh, well, that's another win. Yeah. That's the sound of another win. <laughs> Yes, from GoldenEye. I, my opposing card is Solange from Casino Royale. So, yeah. Uh, we'll chuck that one up to you then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, tell us some more about Natalia. So played by Isabella Skorobko, um, Polish-Swedish actor, singer and model, who actually turned down roles after the success of GoldenEye. She turned down roles in LA Confidential, Mask of Zorro, which was directed by Martin Campbell because she was taking a break from her career. But then she uh, actually went on to work with Martin Campbell again in Vertical Limit in 2000. Have you seen that? Uh, I watched a clip earlier. I think I have seen it, but I don't think it's that memorable. Cause... Yeah, it's on Disney Plus, isn't it? I might, uh, I- I'm tempted to check it out. Um but in terms of a plot, I think it's one of the one of the best Bond girls. I think. Yeah. Um, when did we talk about her? Goldeneye. And I... it feels like we talked about her more recently than that. Um, but yeah, so she's a programmer at Servanaya, who is clearly invincible. She's the clearly invincible one, isn't she? Because <laughs> um, when it's destroyed, she escapes as the only survivor, but she's then double crossed by Boris taken captive by uh, Zenya Onotop and Oromov, uh, rescued by Bond, and then they're captured again. <laughs> but then, you know, helps helps Bond save the day and, and actually does help Bond save the day with her intelligence. Um, she really does offer something different. Yeah, she really keeps Bond on his toes, doesn't she? I mm. love there's a couple of scenes where she's like, come on, get us out of this. Yeah. <laughs> Pull your act together. Yeah. Um, really uh, holds him holds him to it. He was your friend, Trevelyan. And now he's your enemy and you will kill him. It is that simple. In a word, yes. Unless he kills you first. I tell you. You think I'm impressed? All of you with your guns, your killing, your death, for what? So you can be a hero? All the heroes I know are dead. Natalia, listen to me. How can you act like this? How can you be so cold? It's what keeps me alive. No. It's what keeps you alone. I mean, Solange in Casino Royale is a kind of a blink-and-you'll-miss-it Bond uh, woman, played by an Italian actor called Caterina Marino. Not many other big... um, Title of a name, but very like busy actor in in Italy, and also a model as well. Um, and in Casino Royale, uh, husband is Alex Dimitrios, who is the um, 
it's the card player that Bond is staking out at the start yeah. of the film. <laughs> Uh, and obviously Bond takes um, uh, Solange back to his uh, his villa after that he wins Alex Dimitros' DB5 in a poker game. Sadly, she gets too close to Bond and she gets captured, tortured and killed by Le Chiffre's men. She turns up in the uh, hammock and that's quite a grim scene, actually. Mm, yeah. Um, so I think you're winning already on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, any behind the scenes stories? Um, so in an early draft of Tomorrow Never Dies, apparently they had some dialogue. Jack Wade asked Bond where Natalia is. And uh, he replied that she married a hockey player. And that was a reference to Isabella Skorupko's actual marriage to uh, an ice hockey called Marish Savkovsky. Apologise for the pronunciation. I didn't know that. Um, but it made me think, actually, why isn't she... In Tomorrow Never Dies, doing the Paris Carver role, that would make so much more sense. It would have done, wouldn't it? It really would yeah. have done. Yeah, what a shame. Um, it, for for Katerina Marino, all I've got is that she did her own horse riding. Fair <laughs> so enough. Obviously Clean sweet. She did three, three to me then. <laughs> that's, that's four to you now. Four to four to. Uh, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Um, okay, let's go. You need a win. Pick a win. I need to pick a winner, don't I? Okay, here's a good one. I've got Francisco Scaramanga. Who have you got? I've got Bert Saxby. <laughs> <laughs> Close your door on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Francisco Scaramanga is the villain from The Man with the Golden Gun, played by Sir Christopher Lee. And who's Bert Saxby? <laughs> <laughs> He's played by Bruce Cabot. As an in... American, American, uh, in, in Diamonds Are Forever. <laughs> Oh. Do continue. What's he is an Amer- American film actor, and 
he was actually born Etienne de Pelessier Boujac Jr. So that's 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 good though, isn't it? Wow, good name. Yeah. Um, but he was also uh, in King Kong, nineteen thirty three. Oh wow, yeah. Um, and was one can. of the one of the regulars in the John Wayne films, um, starting in nineteen forty seven all the way through to nineteen seventy one. Um, so there. But I mean, I'm not not going to even compete with. Well, Sir Christopher Lee was Count Dracula in seven Hammer horror films. He was Count Count Dooku in Star Wars Attack of the Clones. Saruman in Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. And obviously was in The Wicker Man and countless, countless other movies. Plus, he was Ian Fleming's step-cousin. So, yeah. I rest well my done. Case. Congratulations. <laughs> in terms of his plot, you know, he's the world's greatest hitman, and his plot is, I think, I have really struggled with Man with the Golden Gun. He wants to auction off a solar energy system to the highest bidder. Yeah, it's, um, it's quite topical. Actually. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think it's it's right for a remake. <laughs> when I kill, it's on the specific orders of my government, and those I kill are themselves killers. Oh, come, come, Mr. Bond, you disappoint me. You get as much fulfillment out of killing as I do, so why didn't you admit it? I admit killing you would be a pleasure. You should have done that when you first saw me. But then, of course, the English don't consider it sporting to kill in cold blood, do they? Don't count on that. I could have shot you down when you landed, but that would have been ridiculously easy. But what does Bert Saxby? What's his? He, he's sort of a double crosser, isn't he? He is because he was originally he's, he works for Willard White in yeah. Las Vegas, um, but then he's sort of he's turned and he starts working for Blofeld. Um, once Blofeld has hijacked the estate on what which Willard White operates, um, I assume Bert Sax, Saxby has had a hand in all that. Yeah, would make sense. Yeah. Did you get any behind the scenes stories? Well, the character's full name is Albert R. Saxby. Huh. In a reference to Albert R. Broccoli, the producer. Oh, very good. What about you? Well, for Christopher Lee, I mean, he is a behind the scenes story in himself, isn't he? Um, mm. One of the greatest, most recognisable actors of all time. But uh, he, like I said, he is Ian Fleming's step cousin. But interestingly, that he had been, uh, he says he was approached to play Doctor No, because he was known as well for playing Fu Manchu in a number of movies, and obviously Doctor No was inspired by Fu Manchu, um, but didn't get the role. So, uh, so yeah, there we go. What do you think? One for me. I think that's a solid, solid win for you there. I'll insert the flawless victory. Yeah. <laughs> sound effect here flawless victory right you want to pick next yeah we'll go for a, a bond woman um and i'm gonna go for solitaire okay well what have you got <laughs> oh dear stacy sutton from a view to a kill <laughs> these cards are not working in my favor oh dear yeah, so Solitaire, played by Jane Seymour uh, in Live and Let Die. And, I mean, Jane Seymour 
He's had quite a long career as well. Mm. Um, this this was one of her early, and it was her first film role, wasn't it? As we we talked about in Live and Let Die episode. Yeah. So she was very sort of new to it all, um, but then went on to work on numerous shows and films and. I guess what we would re- remember her for as well would be Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman. Yeah, not, not one I watched myself, but one that I was very no, aware I know of growing of. up. Yeah. yeah. She did six seasons in that and she actually won um, a Golden Globe. So, yeah, that was probably a key role. This, this, yeah, Solitaire and Dr. Quinn. And she's advertising Solitaire gambling now, isn't she? Is she? She still has an advert for an online gambling place where she's advertising Solitaire as a game. Um, but Tanya Roberts, I mean, probably a similar sort of level of fame, really. She was best known for Charlie's Angels, uh, Beastmaster, and then later sort of had a bit of resurgence appearing in that 70s show. Which 70s in- show? Well, uh, very good. Hey. Um, and that she's an American actor. Um, uh, in terms of the plots, um, though... So Stacey Sutton, she's she's in a she's locked in a lawsuit against Max Zorin, Christopher Walken's Max Zorin in a view to a kill. Something to do with the ownership of an oil company. Um and so she has this ongoing legal <laughs> battle, and that's why her house has no furnishings in it, because she sold the furniture furniture from her family home to pay. Did she for sell it. the house. I know. Um but she's also a geologist. She works for the state of California at San Francisco City Hall. Right. That's Tanya Roberts. But she goes basically and gets mixed up with Bond, and they together they take down um, Zorin. I noticed she didn't sell her quiche dish. No, got to keep that essential. Yeah. Solitaire. So Solitaire is a psychic. Um, she's employed by Doctor Kananga, um, and as Bond is on his way to America. Um, Solitaire is actually describing the journey through the use of tarot. Mm. A man comes. He travels quickly. He has purpose. He comes over water. He travels with others. He will oppose. He brings violence and destruction. But the flaw in her ability is that she must remain a virgin in order to preserve her psychic powers. Hmm. Hmm. Different times. Which Bond manipulates. <laughs> yes. Yes. Other than after that, she doesn't really do much, really, if you think about it. Once, no, she... once, once she goes off with Bond... She doesn't really she just add becomes much. a pawn in the story, doesn't she? Yeah. Tied to Bond on that um, platform. I mean, yeah, I think that's probably a fairly even even match, to be honest. In terms of behind, it might come down to the behind the scenes stories on this one. Yeah. What have you got? Oh, dear. Uh, so Tom Mankiewicz, um, the, the writer of Live and Let Die, he wanted to turn Solitaire into a black woman and wanted Diana Ross to play Solitaire. Cubby and Harry Saltzman decided to stick with the uh, the, the novel's description of well, a white woman. Uh, in terms of Stacey Sutton, Tanya Roberts, there's a scene at um, at the Main Strike Mine where they both put on boiler suits, jumpsuits, 
And yes. that Bond says to Stacey, uh, couldn't you find one that fits? And that's apparently because Tanya Roberts kicked up a fuss about wearing this ill-fitting boiler suit that they had. she had it tailored to fit her better. Um, don't know how true that is, but it's a funny story. <laughs> yeah. that, that boiler suit does look tailor-made for her. Um, so, yeah, that's my behind-the-scenes story. What do you think? Jane Seymour versus Tanya Roberts, Stacey Sutton versus Solitaire. Where do we fall? Is there such thing as a draw? I mean, I wish there was, but I, I think, I think Jane Seymour edges it slightly in terms of her career. I also would, if 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 we're going to allow outsized forces as the film that they were in, yeah, as well, I think it has to go with Solitaire. I think that's a good way of doing it. Yeah. All right. That's five to you, three to me. What have I got? What can I beat you with? Right. Not many left now. We're we're working through them. All right. I've got a good one here, actually. I think this is going to be a fairly um, even match. So, allies. I've got Colonel Smithers from Goldfinger. I've got Cameron Shah from The Living Daylights. I mean, I think I'm stretching allies a little bit here by having Colonel Smithers, but... um, he is the character in Goldfinger, played by Richard Vernon, who works with the Bank of England and briefs Bond on gold in that great scene um, where they are uh, talking about brandy and all that sort of stuff. Who, so Cameron Shaw, played by Art Malik, who uh, is a, a British actor born in Pakistan. And... Um, yeah, he he actually went on to um, to big things. He was in True Lies. Yeah, do you remember him in that big he time? Yeah, Salim Abu Aziz. Yeah, he's great um, in that. So yeah, and I mean he's been in quite a lot of British TV shows since. Yeah, he's I got mean, a recognisable face, hasn't he? As well, absolutely. Yeah, I mean I don't uh, Richard Vernon. I mean he's he basically very well known for being a, a character actor, um, and we covered him in the um, Goldfinger episode. Um, I mean, Goldfinger is probably his his biggest credit. Um, but he also appears in The Hard Day's Night with the Beatles. He's in Pink Panther Strikes Again. He's also Slarty Bartfast in The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I think that's mm. the radio version. Um, have appeared in Lovejoy. Um, and it, the, the, the most famous thing, or one of the famous things about Richard Vernon was that he often played a lot older than he was, which leads me on to my behind the scenes story mm-hmm. have you have you done your plot for cameron no Shah? do you know so cameron then? cameron Shah is a he's an afghan mujahideen leader uh and he allies with bond as they uh they they go against soviet invaders and he's quite integral to bond getting out of the situation he's got himself into isn't he I don't know what he would do without Cameron Shah to be honest yeah. at the end of this film because he basically gets him out of a very tight spot doesn't mm-hmm. he yeah because obviously, you know, they've, they've got so many working for them. You know, Bond is not on his own with this one right. at all. Um, so it's like he's got an army with him. Uh, yeah. Uh, and hopefully that, that you know, negates the fact that I don't have a behind the scenes story on this one. I did search, Ooh. but there's just, I couldn't get one. Well, hopefully I'll have one by the time, you know, we finish. I'll come back and do it. <laughs> Well, well, we've got Living Daylights episode coming up, haven't we? So, uh, I mean, my behind-the-scenes story is the famous one about Richard Vernon, is that he's only 39 yeah. and he shot Goldfinger, yet he looks about 60. 
Yeah, so, that's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, and if you're not aware of him, Google him. Yeah. Google him in Goldfinger. He was 39. <laughs> Wait, who wins this round then? Um, I think Cameron Shah, surely, for the, the assist. Anyone can brief Bond on gold. It's, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's definitely more of a, a briefing than an ally role, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, six to you, three to me. You're absolutely st- steaming ahead. It's all right. I'm sure you'll have one up your sleeve. All right. Um, what should we do? We've got a, a villain or a woman. What would you we'll like do to a, do next? We'll do a Bond woman. We'll finish on a villain. Okay. Right. Who have we got left? Oh, I see. Okay. Well, I've got a good one here, I think. I've got a good hand. Dr. Madeline Swan. I thought you had a good one. <laughs> Who have you got? I've got Kissy Suzuki. Okay, okay. Um, so tell us about Kissy Suzuki then. So so Kissy Suzuki, a character that is in Thunderball, played by, is it pronounced uh, Mi Hammer? Mi Hammer. Mi, Mi Hammer, yeah. yeah. Um, so Japanese actor, uh, she was also a TV presenter, radio presenter, and an author. But she was in a lot of King Kong films. Mm. And a Godzilla film. She was in 1962's Godzilla, uh, King Kong versus Godzilla, and uh, King Kong Escapes in 1967. King Kong goes bananas. <laughs> <laughs> what well, about I've, Swan? Well, I've got Leah Sadu, uh, uh plays Madeline Swan in two Bond films. She's one of the very few Bond girls to re- return in a second Bond film. Uh, Leah Sidou is a French actor. She's also known for being in Inglorious Bastards, Robin uh, Ridley Scott's Robin Hood, um, Midnight in Paris, Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol, Blue is the Warmest Colour is probably the one film that really put her on the map. And uh, she's done a couple of Wes Anderson films as well, Grand Budapest Hotel and French Dispatch. She's one of the, you know, she's very much an in-demand actor still. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. In terms of the plot, um, she is Mr. White's daughter, psychiatrist, and she falls for Bond, Inspector. Um, and they end the film together, driving off into the sunset at the end of Daniel Craig's uh, four James Bond films. Um <laughs> uh, No, just kidding. Obviously, she came back for No Time to Die, and there is... Um, but a big, she's got secrets. She, uh, her, and Bond uh, split at the start of No Time to Die after having spent some time together. They reunite um, when she's working for MI6 uh, as a profiler for Blofeld, and it turns out she had Bond's child in secret, and she's the reason why Bond sacrifices himself at the end of the film. So she's a massive, massive um, part of the of the Bond series. Really, there's no other Bond girl who has had an impact like her um so in terms of the story i think uh she wins for sure whoa you haven't heard mine yet go on <laughs> um so kissy is one of the uh agents working for tanaka um she she uh, once aki is killed um oh, we see her yeah we see her at the the mock wedding uh, that when Bond goes under undercover, when he's po- when he's it's problematic, he's posing as Japanese fisherman. Um, 
But Bond and Kissy, they find the secret base in a volcano. Mm. And then Kissy goes off to alert Tanaka. So she has to swim in the sea and they come and they find her, don't they, and shoot her. And she goes underwater and manages to survive, hold her breath and survive. Yes. Well, actually, interesting that these two have been matched up together because I believe in the You Only Live Twice book, Kissy Suzuki is the... um, uh, is the Japanese diver who um, looks after Bond when he's got amnesia. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has, in the book, a child with Bond. That's correct. Yep. Yeah. Was that going to be your story? No, no, it wasn't. No. But James Suzuki. So this is the, these are the only two Bond girls that have Bond's children. So it's funny that they've been matched up together, actually. Yeah. You look incredible. James. That makes that round a draw then, doesn't it? Oh, I think it might do. <laughs> um, behind the scenes story though, what have you got? So she was originally cast um, to be played by Akiko Wakabayashi. Yes. But um, Mihama had trouble learning English for that role of Aki. So they decided to swap. Um, and also when uh, she became ill during shooting, Sean Connery's wife, Diane Chilento, doubled for it in the swimming sequence. Oh. And her lines were dubbed by Nikki van der Zyl. <laughs> there we go. As they all were. Um, yeah. But for Madeline Swan and, and, and Leia Seydoux, um the only thing I could, I mean, there's plenty of stuff out there. She doesn't say a lot about her, her role in um, in the Bond films. She's done lots of interviews. It's all sort of fairly generic stuff. But when she was asked about uh, No Time to Die, the ending of No Time to Die after that film came out, she said she found the idea of Bond's death really sad. It made me sad, actually. It made me really sad. Um, and she said, um, I do hope they find a way, new way to, you know, they will find something else. So... I think she was as surprised as everyone else that they went there. So um, there we go. Madeline Swan versus Kissy Suzuki. Uh, for me, I think Madeline Swan comes out on top of this one. Yeah, reluctantly, I also agree. Yeah, although Kissy Suzuki is great and I love me hammering that role and she does have a really integral part. I don't think, I don't think it quite matches up to uh, Dr. Swan's story. No. Sadly. So where does that leave us? I think it's just with villain. One more villain matchup. One more villain, yes. And I think this is going to be a tight one. Who have you got? I've got Raoul Silva. Ooh. Skyfall. I've got Carl Stromberg, the spy who loved me. Hmm. What's your initial reaction? They are both like key villains for their eras. Yeah, stand standout villains, I think. Both from the third film of the Bond actor, mm. both memorable. Who's your, who plays Stromberg? Well, I've got the German actor Kurd Jürgens, and he had been in a, a film directed by Lewis Gilbert, um, and that's how he got the role there. So uh, he's also known for the, the film The Longest Day. 
he's in the TV series Smiley's People. That's a John le Carre um, adaptation. And then he's got the countless stage roles. But uh, yeah, German actor Kurt Jürgens. And I've got the Spanish actor Javier Bardem, who has won an Academy Award for his performance as uh, Anton Chigurh in No Country for Old Men. Oh, what a great movie. Fantastic film. Um, he's He's gone on to do lots of other things as well. Um, so Spanish-speaking and English-speaking. Um, most recently, June. Um, nominated for two more Academy Awards as well. Um, he was the, actually the first Spanish actor to be nominated for Academy Award for Before Night Falls in 2001. He's a great actor. Mm-hmm. I've interviewed him actually for um, the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean film. He was charm personified. I can imagine. Yeah. But also very Spanish as well. <laughs> I do <don't> understand. <laughs> um, I mean, in terms of the plot for um, uh, Kurt Jürgens, uh, for <laughs> Karl Stromberg, now, uh, he basically wants to destroy humanity and rebuild life underwater in Atlantis. That's it. That's the long and the short of it. What about yeah, Al well, Silver? Mine's quite easy as well. You know, he's um, he's a former MI6 operative who commits a long series of terrorist attacks. And the plan is to discredit and kill M, head of MI6. I think that's often when they work the best, isn't it? When it's a simple plot that you can explain Absolutely. in a single line yeah. or a single sentence. Compare those two to Safin. Yeah. <laughs> or Scaramanga or Burt Saxby. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, James. Welcome. Do you like the island? My grandmother had an island. Nothing to boast of. We could walk around it in an hour. Still, it was, it was a paradise for us. One summer, we went for a visit and discovered the place had been infested with rats. They'd come on a fishing boat and gorged themselves on coconut. So how do you get rats off an island? My grandmother showed me. We buried an oil drum and hinged the lid. Then we wired coconut to the lid as bait, and the rats would come for the coconut and thump, 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 thump. They would fall into the trap. And after a month, you've trapped all the rats. But what did you do then? Throw the drum into the ocean? Burn it? No. You just leave it. And they begin to get hungry. And one by one, you start eating each other until there are only two left. Two survivors. And then what? Do you kill them? No. You take them and release them into the trees. But now they don't eat coconut anymore. Now they only eat rat. You have changed their nature. Behind the scenes story, though, I've got that um, the character was meant to be Blofeld. Or is plan- they were planning to make Blofeld the villain in this film, but they had to change it um, to Stromberg. And also, something that you don't notice or isn't very very obvious or talked about is that the character has webbed fingers. 
um hence why he likes to be underwater and on the set the crew christened him fish fingers <laughs> so raul silver the character was actually born tiago rodriguez and the first name tiago is the portuguese portuguese equivalent of the name james oh so that's quite that. quite a nice it's quite deep in there though isn't it because you know he goes by a different name now as yeah. um and also uh in preparing for the role, Bardem had the whole script translated into Spanish to understand his character. So similar to what Robert Darby has done. Yeah. Um, which Sam Mendes said that, that showed his commitment to the character in the film. Interesting. Um, and we talked about this on the Skyfall episode, didn't we? That um, uh, but, uh, Raul Silva was originally going to be the son, the illegitimate, the, 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 the disowned son of mm-hmm. um, yeah. came back. Um, I think this one's fairly evenly matched, but I think Javier Bardem is a more, uh, he's got more status as an actor, perhaps, than Kurt Jürgens. And the scenes are probably more memorable. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Well, on that note, I think that means that you have won this game of character top trumps james bond character top trumps that wins and that's six to you and four to me i was it was close it was close it was close next time i will uh i'll look more carefully at the characters as i dish them out <laughs> do you want to hear a javier bardem joke go on so did you hear that spanish actor of skyfall was kicking off in the pub the other night Javier Bardem. No, but he's on a final warning. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, it's tortured, isn't it? Oh, dear. Oh, dear. If you, want, if you want to complain to us, and uh, you can you can <laughs> email us at podcast at jamesbond.co.uk. Yes, very much so. Um, uh, please... If you hated this episode, I'm really sorry. Uh, but still, please leave us a nice rating on uh, iTunes. <laughs> we will resume normal service next week with a more traditional episode on the movie Spectre, which is an interesting one to talk about, I think. Um, and I'm really looking forward to getting stuck into that one. Do you have any initial thoughts on Spectre? I it's think- one of them where I think, oh, I don't really like it. And I watch it and go, actually, there's a lot in this that I do like because it's got the... It's got the bare bones of a Bond film. Yeah, it does. It's just got too many of them, perhaps. Yeah. Um, But we'll discuss that next week. And we've got a great guest for that one. So I'm sure you'll look forward to that. So Brendan's mentioned our email address. I'll do social media. You can find us on at James Bond A to Z on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. It'd be nice if you gave us a follow. Our anniversary special episodes will be coming out in the first week of October. So very, very soon now. Um, and if you haven't sent us your clip by now then you probably are too late so I'm sorry about that but I'm sure you'll enjoy what we put together for you Um, so without further ado it just remains for me to say that the James Bond A to Z podcast will return next week ciao the James Bond A to Z podcast is hosted and produced by Tom Butler and Brendan Duffy with music by Tom Ingemels and artwork by Helen Dolly. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please like and subscribe and leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.
come, Mr. Bond. You derive just as much pleasure from killing as I do. I'm coming, Mr. Bond. You get just as much pleasure from killing as I do. I'm saying that bit. All right, no, when you say it, just don't a caricature, I'm trying to do it real. Come, come on, Mr. Bond. Shut up, don't tell me how to act. Uh, well, I bloody should do. Why? Because sometimes you tend to sort of, you know, crank it up a bit. You yeah, because you down. are widely regarded as the king of understatement. All right, I would do it like this. Come, come, Mr. Bond, you get just as much of. Come, come, Mr. Bond. I get the lines right. All right, as, as, as a rule, it's okay. more effective if you, okay. if you don't okay. fluff the line. Okay, but I'll deliver it with a nice bit of understatement. Come, come, Mr. Bond, you get just as much pleasure from killing as I do. Ah. Was the all right, okay, all right, this, this is it. Come, come, Mr. Bond, you get just as much pleasure from killing as I do. Come, come, Mr. Bond, you get just as much pleasure from killing as I do. When I kill, I kill for queen and country, though I admit, killing you, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.